All right, uh, Crux audience, my name is Dave O'Brien. I'm the president and the CEO of Stahini Exploration. Um, we're advancing the uh, Ruby Creek Molybdenum deposit uh, near Atlin, British Columbia. Uh, it's a very advanced project, and we believe you know, molybdenum is a metal of the future. Uh, we've got three other projects, a lot of base metal and nickel and zinc optionality. And um, I'd love you guys to have a look, deep dive into our company. Dave, it's good to see you again. I haven't seen you since April last year. Have you been well? You've been safe and in hiding. Yeah, I've been been well. I mean, the, the, certainly the fishing tackle business is good, and then the mining industry is, is challenging, but a lot of fun. Um, yeah, safe, safe, and and, and kind of keeping low. You know, I'm I'm vaccinated and try and keep away from the public eye a little bit. But I'm looking forward to some sort of resumption of normality, like we all are. Yeah, amen to that. Hey, Rick, I um, just want to want to catch up with you because you know it, it was um, enjoyed listening to the story last time out. Um, you know, your company was a certain size. You got four projects, um, and I'm keen to understand how companies like you, you know, did last year. Obviously, because I'm looking at your share price, it's a little bit all over the place. It wasn't wasn't a lot of trading. I think that you know liquidity is low, but it didn't take much to move the move the price there. But you effectively ended up sideways for the year. Because you didn't really get up to too much, it seems. I mean, what do I what do I need to know about what what you got up to? Where would you point me? Yeah, that's a good point. You know, we've been a lot busier than people think. We had a pretty busy exploration season last year at Ruby Creek. We um, I mean, we did twenty three hundred soil samples in one area. We did some soil gas hydrocarbons in other areas. We did some airborne geophysics and some ground IP geophysics. I had like sixteen different people up there when I was up on site. Um, but for us, the big change has been we were. Last time we talked, we were you know, more or less incubating our molybdenum asset. We have a we we have what we believe is a world class molybdenum asset, and molybdenum's had a pretty big move up. Um, I think when I talked to you last, it was eleven or twelve dollars a pound. It's it ran up to twenty in the last six seven months, and holding in the eighteen to twenty dollar range. So I don't want to sit here and tell the audience that it's you know it's economic, but you know internally we're pretty excited. Um, obviously, you know what are your NPVs? Do we use an NPV five or an NPV eight or NPV ten with this inflation? Um, you know, there's a lot of parameters. What's the price of Molly to use in a model? Is this is the Molly going to stay up with these range molybdenum? Is it going to drop down? But we're doing a major you know, change of focus from sort of incubating our molybdenum asset and and exploring for gold and silver. Now we're the molybdenum is our main focus, and you know we believe we have a you know a large world class deposit. So um, molybdenum is, has been a, a, the, the mainstay for us right now. Right. So, so but how, how do people look at this? Right, because you know, you're an industry guy, and we, we talked last time out about um, you know perhaps the way that the, the, the retail look at it versus you know industry players, and and I'm just sort of keen to explore that a little little bit or your your thoughts on that, right? Because with with four projects, we said we're going to park we're going to park up the Molly side of things. We're not going to talk about this um, as of last April. Um, we we want to talk gold, or we want you know we want we want to we, we want to talk. Um, I think we talked about South Thompson quite a bit and a little bit about Big Ledge. Um, you seem to be bouncing around a bit. I mean, is there a plan? Is there a focus for how you manage this portfolio? Because you know we're, we're over to Ruby Creek now. You're pointing us there. What was the plan? Yeah, well, these other projects we have. You see, we we obtain when we obtain projects, we we get a lot of projects on our desk. I mentioned that we have access to pro projects, and we don't chase stuff. You know, I mentioned in a recent interview, why would I go to Newfoundland and pay millions of dollars and millions of shares for a project someone staked a year earlier for five thousand dollars? We want to be the ones staking. So we've had some pretty nice projects end up on our desk. We really couldn't say no to, and it'll, it'll be wins for our shareholders. 
Um, and we, we will, you know, we, we, some of these projects that present the Q projects good till 2026. Our zinc project in BC is probably good now till 2026. So you spend a bit of money on these things and, you, and, and we were, we've got a lot of optionality on those projects. And again, we didn't really foresee the price of molybdenum moving up like it is, but we have to act and we have to react. Um, back to what you said about the investors, you know, we did a financing last summer, we raised $2.3 million. And I was a bit frustrated because the retail investors don't really get it, but mining executives, fellow CEOs, reputable people that understand they're all over it. And even we recently were talking to large mining companies, they understand that this is a very advanced resource. It, um, it's the closest you can, it, it came as close to being a mine as possible. It went through positive feasibility, it went through funding, it went through permitting, it had the native approval, and it was fully funded and under construction during the last cycle. And there's a reason for that. They had an $800 million credit facility lined up and the road alone cost $22 million. So again, a lot of retail investors don't appreciate the advanced nature of the project and how it's pretty well ready to go. And for us, for example, to redo the feasibility study, you know, the, the metallurgy has been done, the bulk sampling has been done, the geotechnical drilling has been done, the mine design has been done. So it's a lot less expensive to you know, start a feasibility again from scratch. You know, most of the most of the work's been done. So, um, but how much how much would that cost you, right? Because if, if I'm if I'm a major looking at the size of you, I'm going to, I'm going to try and take advantage of the situation because your cash constraint, you probably won't be able to afford to be able to finish the feasibility study unless you go and do another raise in the marketplace. I know the value of it as, as an industry guy. Market doesn't seem to appreciate it. I can pick this up real cheap. So how do you, as a CEO, defend yourself um, from you know that kind of predatory uh, behavior or, or, or thinking and actually get this thing funded? Are you JVing? Do you need a strategic? Do you, I mean, what, what do you do? Yeah, you're right. Those are there's many initiatives. First of all, we have we have I believe we have four or five catalysts in the background going on. Where I mean, we're in touch with the newsletter writer community. There seems to be some interest there. Um, also, the uh, analyst coverage. We are talking to larger companies. We're looking at the possibility of a strategic investment from a larger company. Again, we want to monetize this a little better, increase our cap before we do any dilution. It doesn't make sense. But we're not vulnerable either. You know, we have 43% insider held. And really, you know, 75% of our top stock is, you know, held by high net worth investors. And so no one can really take a run at us if they want to. Um, we also have a, we have a Chinese broker working on staff and they want to fly me to China and, you know, we're, we're working on that behind the scenes. We're definitely doing, conducting a strategic review and it's almost becoming apparent right now. One of the things we've really come is that we, we almost need to break the company up because, you know, the, the molybdenum, Ruby Creek is a 28,600 hectare concession and the, the lease, the molybdenum is still permitted, but that, that lease is 9,000 hectares. The other 19,000 and change hectares is highly prolific for gold and silver. We're in the part of the Atlan Gold Camp, the busiest plaster camp in all of Canada. And none of these targets have been drilled. But again, we're not going to, you know, I have silver investors saying to me, like, why are you drilling for silver? And I go, what do you care if I hit, you know, a couple of meters of 2,000 gram silver when I've got, a, a, you know, a, based on the historic resource, I have a gross institute value over $10 billion sitting up the hill, road accessible, gentle terrain that's permitted. Um, it makes no sense for us to, you know, chase greenfields, exciting as it might be, right? So that's sort of our, our strategy. So, well, given okay. So let's talk about that. Um, a lot, lot of things there. So you, you got to, you're trying to get a bit more coverage, um, I guess. To, to, to what for for in terms of the, getting retail to actually understand the story a little bit more, or would that again be aimed at institutional? I mean, so what about coverage? What's that going to do for you? 
Well, I think that, you know, the, the, the retail coverage is the, the newsletter writers are pretty important for that. It really is an important avenue because they have a lot of clientele that read them and, and trust them. And I, I think it's pretty attractive. And again, we're in touch with the newsletter community. We've been back and forth um, with several different authors and people. Um, that, that's one of the, you know, one of the avenues to use. And, and again, you know, um, you know, if we take a strategic investment from somebody, we, we insist on a premium to market, right? If, if XYZ mining comes in and buy, buys 19.9% of Stahini, it won't be a market. It'll, it'll be at a premium. Otherwise, we won't do it. Uh, we do have a lot of alternatives, and, and um, including outright sale of the asset. But again, we, we won't sell at these levels, but um, we've, we've had a few people bounce around some prices. Okay, so that was phase one. The, the, the second component um, was um, about... You, you got a, a, a Chinese, uh, so was it, what do you say, analyst on, on? Oh, no, she's a broker. She's on payroll. She's a broker. Okay. She's pretty connected. Yeah. So she, she knows. Tra- trotting off to China to do, to do what? To say what? I mean, obviously, you know, that, that those are tricky conversations at the moment. Anything to do with the Chinese, it, 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 it seems. So what's, what's your expectation from that conversation? Or if, if it well, I think that's why we, we, that might be a little further down the road. And, okay. and I, you know, this, the, the Sino-Canadian relationship right now are, uh, I think, that, you know, obviously the Huawei executive, when when she, when she was detained, it, it killed, you know, killed all the China-Canada relations. Now they're, you know, they're back, starting to normalize a little bit. Right now, it's not a good market for that. But again, there is interest. And she's expressed, she's told me that she's talked to, you know, the president of China, Mali, and China Steel, and some of these people. And um, they want to they want to fly me to China. And they're, we're trying to bring them to Atlanta to, you know, to see the project. But they're uh, they're aware of it, and um, they they want they're looking down they're looking long term down the road, right? And, then, and I'll be honest with you, I would rather partner with the North American partner or more I know a North American entity. But again, I have to create value for my shareholders, and we have to look at this and look at all options. Competitive tension. Um, are, are you anywhere with North American partners in terms of discussions started? Any uh, early stage, yeah, early stage. And again, we we've been very frustrated because we can't go to any of these shows and meet these people. We recently went to AME, and I'll, I'll be honest, we were very well received and, and really good conversations and, and right to the point, and there's definite interest. They're just okay. And they, again, this is where I get frustrated because they, my other mining executives like what we have, whereby the retail people are sort of shrugging their shoulders and want the, the quick fix, right? Okay, but they, they, need to, they need to write checks. They need to put their hands in the pocket and put out some coins. So um, fourth thing, which, as you mentioned, is maybe split up the portfolio. Uh, and treat it that way. Either spin it into what, presumably, Nuco, or or, or, or what are you thinking? Um, Tell me. Don't put yeah, I think I think the best. You know, obviously, our our main asset is molybdenum. So, I the and again, this is very you know hypothetical. I would say the you know renames Tahini Ruby Creek molybdenum or what have you. Well, that's not decided on, and and um, and then spin off all the other exploration assets into Tahini too. So Stahini too will be a greenfield. It'll have the zinc in, in BC. It'll have the Q in the Yukon and then Manitoba nickel and the balance of the Ruby Creek tenors. And uh, it'd be fairly easy to fund. And we'd probably give people a full share. They'll get a full share in, in molybdenum, and maybe a half share in Stahini too. So Stahini too would be a real nice clean vehicle with, you know, 13 or 14 million shares outstanding and a nice portfolio of projects. Okay. So again, I just want to say, say two, two, two companies, uh, Ruby Creek, Molly, Molybdenum. Um, I, I, I want to come back to that one. The second Stahini two, that that would be a what prospect generator exploration company. What was the what's the, what was the yeah, model yeah, it would of be that? A project generator, 
I, I kind of like a royalty model better. I kind of like would rather give a, give someone 100% of a project. We'll keep the royalty and we'll get some shares of the company as long as we trust them and we can get it back if they don't do their work. It's sort of a model I like. I think the project general model is, is interesting, but I, I, I've seen uh, like Prey Wazer and Eli and things like that. I, I kind of, as, as an investor, I kind of like that model. But you, you take it as it comes on each different JV and we might even, yeah, um, there's there's a lot of possibilities there, but I definitely think the focus of the Spinco would be the Ruby Creek tenures because that's a big, big, large land package. It's so underexplored. Okay, and I will come. I will go there. I just want to stay with Staney too, for, for, which which is um, the prospect generator. Offload it somehow, shape or form. Take a royalty, maybe some shares um, as well. It's a long longer term uh, proposition, but. Would you can then continue to um, prospect generate? Would you continue to build up the portfolio there to to flog those off? Uh, you know, and do you have the team to do that, or are you going? Would you be thinking I need to spend more time over at Ruby Creek and advancing that? I mean, how, how do those two things work if and when they happen? Uh, we've got actually. I'm really proud of our our team. We're a small little company. We're in house. We have a good technical team. I have some of the better geologists in BC. Some it's hard to get good people. You're, you're you're only as good as your people. I'll tell you one thing. We run any business. We fly fishing in this, and we do have a good team. Uh, and we we had recently our guys were in Manitoba. They were they were you know you know walking and ground truthing drill targets and went to the Manitoba uh, drill core library trying to find some of the old nickel drill nickel core. Um, we've been up at the Revelstoke there doing an airborne survey. We're, we're, we're active on the other projects as well. But again, our, I would like other people to you know, help fund these things. And we are in, in talks with, with other groups on these projects. And again, I think that Stahini 2 would, the main focus would be exploring the rest of the, the non molly aspects of, of Atlan would be our goal. And plus, we really, we will not option our Q project in the Yukon to anybody. We really, really like that, right? It's an early project, but it's, it's just, it's a, it's a, we find it very attractive. Okay. So if, if, if we look at that, I'm not, I know you're not saying it's a definite. These are thoughts and options available to you. Ruby Creek, there's, there can't be that many people who could take on a project of that size. Have you engaged in any kind of conversation with the handful of people that that could be um, yet? Or is that something that a process that you've got to go through? In which case, how much more work do you need to do? How much more time, how much more money do you need to spend to get to that point? Well, as far as, as, far as the molybdenum asset goes, we can only move that project forward at the speed of the engineering firm. We hired MDA, uh, Mineral Mine Development uh, from Nevada, and they, you know, Steve Rustichelli is, I've been told, hands down top five in the world for resource updates. We're very proud. We don't. We want to do things professionally, and we get conservative and get a really good firm. And they've agreed. We'll, we'll, we'll once the resource update's done, we'll, we'll move along. Does that mean we go straight to feasibility? No, you have to do a PEA or an internal scoping study, what have you. But that's only a fifty thousand dollar month burn rate. It's not a you know they have a little bit of their team working on it. But that's as fast as we can move the Molly asset forward. Other than that, obviously we're talking to potential JV partners and. Um, investors and and uh, you know trying to other ways to monetize it. We've even had talks about offtake agreements, but we don't want to do that at this early stage. We don't want to give anybody any offtake agreements. We want to keep it as pure as possible. Okay, okay. And with with the capital you've got available, how far is that going to take in terms of the how much can how far, much further can you advance? The, you know the Ruby project, the Molly project before you need to either one, go and get some more capital or bring in that strategic partner or whether it be purely financial or, or, or industry, what's the road look like? 
yeah, as it sits right now, we've got enough money to move them a little bit on project forward for another year, just just on the Molly. But that would be that would mean other projects are basically dormant. Right. Um, and we'll have a small exploration program up and out. And we've already decided, you know, we always, you always, this time of the year, you make your plans. And again, we, we'd love to do some, we have so many drill targets with silver. We have a big silver news release coming up too. I think nobody cares, but you know, last year we announced silver surprise. We had a 14,000 gram showing and we've already told the market, we've had similar, similar findings. Um, yeah. So that's, uh, but again, we won't, unless we do another raise and, and that's the possibility too. We just want to, what we want to do is get our resource out. And you know, have our own resource where we can start talking numbers and show people what we have. I think is very significant. Uh, then I think we'll get some coverage and there'll be a lot more activity on our, on our stock. I think that's a sort of a watershed event. Yeah, that seems that seems a sensible use of of money and time, and you don't want to dilute by raising any money. So the the other projects will take a backseat there in in the sense that you're not going to spend money on them, but in terms of conversations, you can advance those. Right. Yes. yes. We are in conversations. Okay. And you're seeing deals come across your your, your desk every you know every day. You, you, you told me earlier. So the, the the Ruby thing is what we need to be looking at. Then, given that, don't you need to just just looking at your marketing material, websites, PowerPoint, etc. Is like, don't you need to be much much clearer? Now, if given, you got a thought in your head about how this thing moves forward and where the intrinsic value lies because the the, the bit in the, this I'm trying to trying to weigh up uh, that, that you said earlier was industry guys CEOs know what we've got here retail doesn't so what do you need to do because it's your responsibility not retail's responsibility to help them understand what it is that you've got and the way that you create this value for them going forward yeah, we will see a large change of focus on our website and on our, our deck, especially once we get the Molly resource out and we'll become more of a molybdenum company. You're exactly right. You see, during the last cycle, 2003 to 2007, the, all the molybdenum stocks went viral. I mean, at that, you know, the former operator of our project had a market cap in excess of $250 million and an $800 million credit facility. And so that's very frustrating. But most of them, but a lot of those, there's a, a lot of those were just promotions. They're just moose pastures and things. But the, the better projects are held by the hedge funds. Recently, um, Greenland Resources listed, listed uh, BC Molly listed. So the hedges are slowly bringing this. But this is exactly it. I can't single-handedly make the Molly space move. We don't have the budget or the ability to our own to do that. But I think that the hedge funds have a lot of money invested in the sector as they monetize these assets. We've heard Sintero wants to monetize their assets. There'll be a lot more of a buzz. And I think that for retail investors, you, you want to be you want to be in there early. Like when you read about Molybdenum on the front page of the paper, it's too late. Right now it's on page 16 is what you like. And, you know, you want to get it because the sector, it is a green sector. The World Bank recently stated that Molly is a... Uh, a key metal going forward. It actually singled out copper and moly as the two most important metals going forward. And right now, molybdenum's moved up on demand from the steel sector. Of course, moly is a steel additive, and um, that's where the demand comes from. But it's you know, steel is iron and carbon and molybdenum and sometimes tungsten. But you know, Joe Biden's talking about rebuilding America. Well, bridges. You know, when you have lightweight steel, that's high moly content, right? Um, it's uh, so again, it's not that well understood. And I'm surprised of all the metals are probably the one that hasn't moved, but it's also the one that's very compelling because there's very few pure play molly deposits out there. I mean, 85% of the molybdenum, from what I've been told, is, is byproduct. And other than Freeport's Climax projects, that those are pure plays, but there's very few pure play molly projects out there. 
And we believe when you do a comparable and you put them on spreadsheets, and we're happy, our VPX is happy to sit down with anybody and do comparables. And I think there's a reason why our project advanced the way that it did during the last cycle. So um, I think that'll happen soon. 